Well, Steve, thanks very much for taking the time out of your life to uh, come and have a chat with me. I've been watching your work quite a lot recently. It was quite funny because I thought I was going to reach out to you. Then I saw a thumbnail of one of my videos in one of your videos. <laughs> and that kind of cemented it for me that we should be having a talk. So welcome, brother. Thank you, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm doing a lot of interviews recently. Like it's, you know, interviews aren't really my thing, but a lot of people are reaching out. I think the films are yeah. making an impact and people want to know more. Yeah, I think the films are making a big impact because you're telling it absolutely straight down the line like it should be told. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I've, I've actually known about the germ theory being bunked for since 2010. Amanda's a good friend of mine. She's actually my doctor and good friend. So <laughs> Amanda Vollmer and I have been talking about this since 2010. And I started looking into it. I'm, f I'm actually from the medical insurance industry back in the day. Now, now I'm a music teacher and uh, a professional musician touring, but I got out of that, but I, I saw how corrupt I was in the devil's den, you know, on the health insurance industry in America. Uh, and I was working with medical underwriters and doctors and they weren't paying claims. I saw what a scam this all was and it was all for profit. And then uh, when, when my ex and I had our son, who's 15 now, we started obviously looking into vaccination. And my father was very badly vaccine damaged. He almost died. Like I found him on the car. I, I used to never go see him. And you know, when you get one of these intuition feelings, I was living in the city, having my life. And I just thought, shit, I got to go see dad. You know, I drove out. He was on the couch covered in feces and urine with seven buckets around him dying and you know, I threw him over my shoulder and threw him in the car, took him to the hospital. They flew in eight specialists from around the United States, spinal taps and everything. And uh, they diagnosed him with rare, they call it adult onset juvenile rheumatoid arthritis is what they call it, which is like one in 300,000 people. But he had taken a flu shot when he was on business, you know, in Phoenix, like four days before, and it killed him almost. Like I saved his life. So I started looking into vaccines and I actually went pretty heavy right away. I just went to Jenner, who's allegedly started it all. And I read his treatise to the king and started from there. And then I started going, oh, my God, these things don't exist. Like, <laughs> what are all these injections about? This is nonsense. And I, I became friends with Amanda. And yeah, we you know, we've been on this journey for a long time. So I, I, I was the right person when this happened. I saw this early on. I said, okay, here we go. They're using this for Agenda 21 because the climate's not working, you know. So I saw this. I saw this from December. I heard about the first guy in Washington, you know, and I went, oh, no, 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 here we go. Um, so I, yeah, we, you know, we took our channel and I started switching over to medical films. We were doing other, we were getting into other Tartaria and free energy, but this needed my attention. So I was the right guy to do it. Cause I've been here for a long time. Yeah. That, that's, that's really interesting. I've, um, I've been all over health for a long time too. I ended up writing a book about it, which wasn't a book to sell. It was a book to myself. So I didn't forget everything I was learning. Yeah. And uh, I do now sell it, actually. But it, it's an interesting thing because it, it all comes down to one thing. And this is what people don't get. You are simply being poisoned. That's the end of it. Yes. And, and the fear, too, as you were just saying off camera, the poisoning is one thing, but the psychological assault is a whole nother deal. And that makes you sick. It does. You can get sick with not a poison in your body. But but stress and worry and fear, you get sick as hell, man. That ruins all of your internal biochemistry. It makes you highly acidic. 
so you know it's it's that's i would say almost even bigger than the poisons because the body does seem to be pretty hard to kill it's pretty hard to poison someone to death you know it it takes a good long time unless it's a particularly vicious one yeah so i think a a lot of the psychology doesn't really get mentioned as much as how much that is attributing and the other thing is as you've probably seen in a lot of my movies I went to the world mortality rates, which is how many deaths per thousand. 2020 and 2021, they only had 7.6 per thousand people deaths. It's the lowest in 90 years. So there was there was no excess mortality. There's no nobody's actually dying any more than they normally do. Well, that's what I said to people around here. Where's the fucking dead people? Yeah, exactly. Now they were killing them in the hospitals with remdesivir and midazolam, but a lot of people have to remember uh, iatrogenic death is when you die in a hospital, when a doctor did exactly as they were trained, not malpractice, but exactly as the, they, they were told to do. That's always the number one to third leading cause of death in every Western country. So while they were killing elderly in old folks homes with remdesivir and midazolam, millions of people weren't going for their leukemia, their cancer. That's right. They weren't being killed. <laughs> chemotherapy and all that so a lot of people lived who would have been dead from the hospital malpractice you know so there were people dying but no more than any other time as you say where are the bodies i I don't know anyone who died during when they were claiming it was covid then the flu in a way 98 percent in every country worldwide you know that should have been the red flag for everybody you're like the flu's gone but it it, it should be the problem is, Steve, is that people sit in front of the box in the corner, the black screen of death, that programs them, and they don't seem to recognize it's right there in your face. You're watching programs. What do you think they are? And it's just pouring into them all the time. Yeah, in that box. I always say this to people because people have this a, a TV-sized box around their head, which is their perception is limited to what is possible. And if what is really, really happening is outside of what they perceive as possible, no matter you can show them a pile of evidence, they cannot see it because they cannot even believe it's possible. And people say that to me. They say, well, you're not a virologist. Are you saying that you know something that the whole medical industry for 200 years doesn't know? And I'm saying, yes. I I read books that your professionals don't have in their medical library, and I've been studying them. Yes, I do. And they don't believe it's possible that they've been lied to for trillions of dollars a year profit by people who want to depopulate. You know, like, I mean, Bill Gates is a known eugenicist. The fact that this guy wants to give you injections, you know, you're like, he wants... He wants to inject you in a virus, just like he created the virus in his computer software because he makes more money from that than he does from the software. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like the guy who wants to reduce the population 90% wants to save the population from COVID. What? Yeah, we probably shouldn't call him a guy either. I think that one's up for grabs too. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth. Yeah. So what I do really like what's happening is I think this backfired on them. When they locked us all down, 
suddenly lots of people had time to start researching germ theory. And a lot of people started talking about, hey, by the way, these things aren't even proven. It's a theory. They're not real. Have you seen this? Have you seen the Rosanoff? And, you know, tens of millions, I suspect, and maybe more, have started to wake up. And they did not see that coming. Even in lockstep, their whole plan for when Marburg and Spars and maybe they're going to come out with measles, AIDS now, we can talk about that. It never, their supercomputers never accounted for the fact that everyone figured out there are no viruses. That was never modeled. What do we do if people figure out the game is up? They just assume that we will always believe in it. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Well, I I think up until that point, they were probably pretty accurate in their assumption that people are that indoctrinated by the indoctrination camps that are masquerading as schools. Yeah. That they don't have time to think because they're busy fools, no disrespect to the smart ones, that they're just busy running around. They've got no time to figure shit out. Yeah. And even the virologists themselves, which if we, I'll get into this later, if you if we'll run through the experiments and what is virology, what is germ theory? A lot of people don't even know what cytopathic effect is or what is germ theory. They're like, ah, viruses. But a lot of these doctors, you know, these virologists are told, well, we can't isolate this particle because it's too small. And, you know, now they don't know. In fact, well, we'll get into this in a bit later, but exosomes are smaller. They've been isolated and had their genome purified. Bacteriophages are much smaller in the the DNA or the genetic materials in the head of them, which is extremely smaller than a virus particle. And IBM is bragging that they just made a nanochip where they can lay two nanometer strips and a coronavirus particle is 150 to 200 nanometers. So you're saying, how can IBM build little strips to put on a nano microchip but you can't find a particle 75 times its size. <laughs> and I think the virologists are just told that maybe they don't know that John Hopkins has isolated exosomes or that bacteriophages have been isolated and genetically mapped or that IBM makes microchips smaller than their particle. Well, I think it all, there's also one other thing, Steve, is that if a man or a woman's livelihood, their mortgage, their death pledge, their very existence financially is around them not getting something, yeah. they probably aren't going to get it. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And I think it's really important. A lot of people, we should talk about virology and viruses tonight because a lot of people have a misunderstanding. They say, what do you mean viruses don't exist? Isn't that a picture of one on an electron microscope? You know, you say, it, So you say, nobody's saying that particle that they're showing you it doesn't exist. It's real. What we're saying is it's never been proven to enter a cell. It doesn't have any excretory system. It doesn't have a circulatory system, no respiratory system. It's not alive. 
somehow like a zombie, they say it can get inside a cell, like even though it's, it's not alive, multiply into millions, bust the cell opening, then go fly out and do it to more and more and then go out and kill the world. And you, you say like, well, where's your proof? And they say, well, it's this picture of this dot sitting outside a broken cell. And you say, that's it? That's your proof? And they say, yeah. You know, and, and it's ridiculous. And people say like, that can't be the proof. And you're like, but that is the proof. That's the proof. And that's what you've been given, yep. You know, so I think it's really important to, to show people that there were actually real studies taking people's boogers and blood and injecting hundreds and hundreds of people from sick people and never once ever in the history of the world have they got someone sick even by injecting them ever yeah, well i said right at the beginning of this in some of my videos i was getting loads of abuse from people where i was calling into question everything yeah and and mentioning that germ theory as i call it was was the root kind of the cornerstone or the the it was the bit that everything hinged off. And they were saying, well, you, if you, you could die. And I said, well, come round if you've got it. Cough, breathe, spit on me, pee on me, whatever you want, and I'll see how fucking long I want. <laughs> yeah, and this has been done, and it never has made anyone yeah. sick. You know, and Ellen, so, yeah, even Dr. McBean, I've got some slides we can go into her later. That has never been done. And it's what I say to people is I say, okay, if there was a theory put forward that the way to survive jumping off of a skyscraper, let's say the Empire State or, you know, Sears Tower or Twin Towers when they were on whatever, there's a theory that says if you purposely land head first on the ground, you will survive that jump. Now, we've tried it. We've had 500 people jump head first off these buildings, even from 20 stories, 70, 100 not a single one of them, though, did live. They did their head broke open over the concrete and they died. Um, so what we did is we had a guy go outside and then stand on his head and then lift himself up a foot off the ground and drop down. He just got a headache, but he did technically fall because he was he did that outside the building. You would not believe that. And then they said to you, now it's it's proven you go up there and jump head first. Watch. No, no reasonable person would <laughs> would say that it was proven by any means, right? No, that's right. And that's exactly the thing with virology. They claim that this little particle goes in these cells and blows them open and does this and kills them. Now, the other thing is when you look at cells, when you look at what's called apoptosis, which is a natural program cell death, they tell us that 60 to 70 billion cells a day die naturally inside the human body. And they tell us another 50 or 60 billion die from necrosis, from poisoning. Now, your cells, let's take apoptosis, they just start dying because it's time to die. You don't get sick every day when 70 billion of your cells die. Dying cells don't make you sick. But yet these viruses can go into a million of your cells and that makes you sick when it kills them. And you're like, well, how is it your cells 70 billion die a day and you don't get sick, but this virus can kill a few million of them and you get sick? How does that work out? Show me the proof that cellular death causes illness. Yeah, absolutely. Where is it? <laughs> you're making a claim you need to back it up with something anything and they can't i've got <laughs> no, the studies can't. we'll get into it i'll show you later I've, i'll show you what they do and it's ridiculous now as you and i were talking off camera 
there's a thing called ego identification. The police and the military suffer this majorly. They think that they're, I'm not a human being. I'm a cop. I'm a Marine. Simplify, do or die, right? I'm, I'm not a human being. I'm a Marine or I'm a policeman or I'm a virologist, which is not true. Or I'm a Christian or I'm a Jew or whatever. But at any time you could say, I'm going to quit being a police officer right now, or I'm going to stop believing in Christianity and believe in nothing or Buddhism or whatever. So what are you now? You, you aren't now. Uh, you are, I'm going to work at Starbucks. You're still you. You've just changed your mind and what you want to believe. But these virologists have the same thing. They're not going to come out to you and say, I've written seven papers. I'm an academic professor at Harvard of virology and epidemiology. And by the way, everything I've worked for and said in my life turned out to be total bullshit. So I'm a fraud and dedicated my life to absolute horseshit. And, and, and I'm getting paid 400 grand a year. And I, I'm only qualified now to work at Starbucks because my only <laughs> qualification is a debunked science. Who's going to do that? Nobody. <laughs> well, actually, no, you might get one or two with integrity because Lanka was a virologist, wasn't he? Lanka did it. Yeah, but he's, he, he's one of the few who started questioning it and good on him. He doesn't even call himself a virologist anymore because he said, I can't because it's bullshit. There's no such thing, which is great. But very few will do that, you know, and this is the same. The psychological operation on the population, like you said, there's people who should know better. They're smart enough. And if you ask most people, why did you take this jab? Or are you even if you took the mainstream narrative, let's say the virus existed, which it doesn't. But. They said it had a 99.9999, whatever, 97 survival rate, unless you were 84 years old, which is two years older than the average lifespan. Kids, it was like 99.9999, you know, and you have a better chance of dying from a bee sting. That's just fact. <laughs> so why would you take an injection from known criminals who have four billion in lawsuit settlements for something that's more less dangerous than a bee sting, even by their own narrative. It's insanity, and they do it to go along. They have this ego identification. I'm part of the tribe. Or they want to go on vacation. Right? I don't want to go. I don't want to rock the boat. I just want to. Things will go back to normal if I just stick this. And, and you're like, yeah, now you stuck four of those in you. Now they're trying to tell you you have AIDS, which isn't true. You're just being poisoned. But... And now they, in some countries like where I'm at, they lifted the restrictions completely. I haven't had a single one of them. And I'm just like, you, Oli, I'm not poisoned and don't have nanochips swimming around in me. So why did you do it? And they did it to get along because very few people have the gumption to, to stand up and go, this is wrong. I'm not going along with you. It, it does take a lot, I think. Um, and I think the other thing is it takes a very inquisitive mind and it takes a trust in your own senses and your own feelings because so many people are seeing things that are incongruous with what's actually going on and they're choosing to believe what they're brainwashed with at night in front of the television rather than trusting these and this powerful thing in here and, and really feeling what's happening. Yeah, don't you, it's the, don't you think it's the fear? It's actually the fear of not fitting in. They're afraid to go against the herd like... You know, I never wore a mask once. We had mask restrictions, but they weren't law. I never. We, we still have hair in Wales. They've never lifted them. Do you? Yeah. 
when we had them, I just made a homemade badge with that. I made a shoelace that said, I don't wear a mask. Thanks for looking out for me. People didn't know I made it. It looked official. I made it look like pretty good. It's like a festival pass. They don't know where you got it. And I never wore one, but I got evil stares from everyone. And, you know, a lady move her baby pram away from me on a train and people in the supermarket are like, <laughs> but they, you know, and you're just like, yeah, but I'm not putting up with your bullshit anyway. You know, you, if you have the courage to just stand up and say no, then I heard you could get a government exemption here in Denmark. So I went in. And I said, I'm exempt from Corona pass testing and vaccination. And they said, okay, here's a piece of paper. Is your exemption reason on here? It's illegal for us to ask you. I said, yeah, it's on there. They said, all right, printed me out an exemption. So I could go into bars, go anywhere I want, no vaccination, no test, no anything. And you say, well, I, I, I told them, I said, listen, as try as I might, for some reason, they won't let, won't let me into the cult you're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these exemptions were there for everyone. It's just. Of course they were. No, no one has the balls to go get it. Yeah. Well, on, on our one, you, you can go on the government website and just put a QR code on your phone if you want to do that dangerous thing. Yeah, exactly. So why didn't people... It, it, it's just, I say to people, just just exempt yourself. Yeah. You have the power. These These beings, whatever they happen to be, sit below you because they're acting. Yes. Yes. And people don't exempt themselves because they don't want the, the feeling of shame and ridicule, which was part of the psychological operation. You know, but throw the vax in a concentration camp and you're hurting grandma. <laughs> they make they, they shame you and stuff. And you're like, I know viruses aren't real. They're not contagious. They're dead cell debris. They have. I know not only are they not proven, they're disproven. I know that wearing a mask causes hypoxia, respiratory acidosis, stops hemoglobin uptake. Why would I do that to myself when I know it's pointless? I can't bring myself, even to go along with the crowd, it's like saying, why don't you take aspirin when you don't have a headache? Like, why would I do, why would I do that, you know? Well, it's like these asymptomatic carrots. It's like getting a hangover when you don't drink. That's exactly right. Yeah, you can't have a hangover if you didn't go drinking the night before. That's right. Impossible. <laughs> can't be ace. If you claim a virus causes illness, then how can you have a virus that doesn't cause illness? That particle. <laughs> let's say that particle did, and it, it, we know it doesn't. That couldn't be the sole cause of an illness, because otherwise there would be no asymptomatic, right? Of course. So that's all nonsense. But again. People get, they see Fauci on there and the WHO, and they always play good cop, bad cop. Remember in the beginning, like Fauci was the, the villain and then the WHO was like, no, you don't need to wear masks and this and that. And then Fauci flips and then they flip and go, no, he's wrong. And then each week they're playing good cop, bad cop. And if a building- No one noticed as well in the background, sorry, Steve, for over talking, what? no one noticed in the background as well, he was rolled out for the AIDS and HIV scandemic as well. Yeah, he killed everybody. He was in charge. Yeah, so they bring the same guy out that's been holding his tools for a good long time now, and away he goes again. <laughs> yeah, I called him out in our film Trust Ultra, Trust Naomi. Uh, but the thing is, if a building's on fire and everyone's panicking, people will follow the person who seems like they know what's they're, what they're doing, even if that person leads them up to the top floor into a room on fire where they're trapped. In certain death, they will follow them up there because they seem to know what they were doing. 
And if one person was a little unsure going, I actually think we should climb out that window and make a 10 foot jump to the ground, <laughs> but he doesn't seem sure or she, they're going to follow the other guy up to the roof and burn to death because that's the psychological warfare. Confuse people so badly. They just go, I don't give a shit. I'll just do whatever you say to get this over with. My head hurts. That's exactly what's been going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What are we on now? Day 500 and something of 14 days to flatten the curve? <laughs> to flatten the curve. <laughs> <laughs> and as yeah, three booster shots till you have AIDS. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And still you can't go on vacation. I mean, that's another thing we should talk about tonight, too, is the work of Dr. Harold Hillman. Ribosomes aren't they don't actually exist, meaning there is no RNA technology that makes your cells create spike proteins that go into the body. This is all theoretical, and it's actually debunked theoretical garbage. So I have a few ideas as to why they're claiming that this is happening, actually. But there is no proof that your body is programming spike proteins of any kind, which th this is actually nonsense, too, as well. Well, it's, it's just it's all make-believe. It's stories, yeah. which is what some of my recent content was about. They're just telling you stories to get you to believe more stories. Yeah. Now, I think there's a good reason to do it, and we can talk about that later. It's, it has to do with patenting rights, copyright and patenting, you know, because... You remember the stories uh, when Monsanto had what they claimed was genetically modified seeds and they were blowing into farmers' uh, fields. Then Monsanto inspectors would come into your field and say, you've got our seeds growing in here, therefore you have to pay us, right? Well, if you believe that you have Moderna or Pfizer or whoever's spike proteins growing in you, they cannot put Bluetooth devices and UPC barcodes in you, as I showed in, in Nanoman. That, that violates every anti-slavery law in every free country. But the, if they say the UPC code is not you, it's the spike proteins that we own the patent on, right? I cannot patent a strawberry. That's natural. But if I genetically modify a strawberry, I can patent that one because that's not from nature. Well, if you believe that you have my spike protein running around in your body, whether you do or don't, I can say I own you just like Monsanto in the field because you are full of my spike protein. And so the code is, is for you. Not only that, if they claim it's genetically modified you, you don't have human rights anymore because those laws are for full, natural, biological humans, not for mandroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except human rights, human is a coloring of the law, and you are a man or woman, and that's it. You're not actually a man or a woman because that's a negation anyway. You are simply man or woman. Yeah, natural human. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I get, I get the, I get the sentiment of where you're coming from with it. But I'm so careful with words now because they fucking mess with them yeah. on everything to keep you trapped. Yes, but you know what I'm saying? A pig in a slaughterhouse has no right, has no human rights because they're not a human. Well, if you think you've been genetically modified, you're not, you, according to you, you're not. That's right, yeah. Well, it's all up here because they're, they're messing up here to get you to agree to a false contract you shouldn't take part in. Yes. Like, like the offer of arrest. It's an offer of contract. Yes. And the very end of the arrest is, do you understand? And if you go, yes, you're fucked. Well, how can you be under natural law if you are no, no longer natural? That's right, exactly. <laughs> so I suspect... I've got some friends who say, well, the, 
the RNA was a, a, a red herring diversion story. I think it's purposely there because oh, it is, yeah, hundred percent. Now it would be very easy because the way they do PCR, as you know, if you went to court and said, "All right, prove to me that your spike protein is in my body and my cells are making it," yeah, let's bring out these false tests. <laughs> I'll just take a booger. Yeah, I'll just take a booger sample and make one out of all the fifty-six million pieces and go. There it is. You know, because it's all make-believe anyway. So, of course, they can yeah. prove. They'll say, there it is. We just made the spike protein, just like they do with the virus. And you go, oh, and no judge or jury will know what you're talking about. Like, you will lose. Yeah. Well, they're all part of the same corrupt system anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know so it, it, I, I've said to people for 30-odd years now, why are you playing in that weird world you're playing in? Leave it alone. It's not for you. Yeah. And of course, what happens is because of their conditioning, they look like you've grown to to them. You look like you've got two heads and you've lost your fucking mind. Yeah. Well, what was that? Uh, Jay Krishnamurti, right? He said it is no measure of mental health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you're fitting in with the Joneses and the Joneses are psychotic, you're going to be drinking Kool-Aid before you know it, you know, and you're dead. No, it's like status, isn't it? It's buying stuff you buying stuff you don't want with money you've not got to impress people you don't even like. Yeah. Why join that game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know this all goes to Agenda Twenty One, Agenda Twenty Thirty, the Great Reset, Fourth, whatever people call it. That, by the way, we were told that we were conspiracy theorists for talking about it, and all of a sudden now they're talking about it, and we're not the theorists anymore. Yeah, it was on the cover of Time Magazine in October, so you know. That was the problem. We, yeah, okay, we were conspiracy theorists, but now it's real. And I think a lot of the people, I, I woke up in 2010. I had a newspaper on Facebook, Truth Serum News, and a website that's still up. The newspaper got kicked off, but we were screaming a lot of this before. The mistake I made is I, I didn't understand that people need to feel like they find something themselves without you ramming a three-hour lecture down their throat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, better to ram a three-second lecture down the throat. Yeah, just plant the seed and move on and let them find it. So uh, I, I caused myself a lot of trouble back in the day, uh, you know, friends and family and things, because I was trying to get people awake so it didn't come to where we're at right now. And I, I did it wrong. But it, it had to come there. Yeah, I don't think you did. It had to come there. It, it has to get to this point, and I'm grateful it has got to this point because if it hadn't got to this point, there wouldn't be the mass number of people that are starting to realize and to, to get to grips with something's wrong. Yes, and something did work because there are tens of millions of people out in the streets in every city right now, very angry, they yeah. know what's going on. So all the people who have been blabbing in their little pockets for the last 15 years or even... 30 years of your David Icke, Jordan Maxwell, these types, whether you agree with what they say or not, you know, they were speaking to crowds of six. <laughs> so <laughs> it did work. All the people who kept wouldn't shut up. Something has happened. Those seeds have sprouted. Whether it was us or the nature, you know, the natural energy was waiting for one of these. I, I, I just said to Ross, my partner, my channel partner, what we're in right now is like the 60s, even though that I know that was socially engineered or taken over, but I don't think the energy was. I think it was hijacked. The 60s awakening was an energy that was going to happen naturally, and then they had their agents you know, hijack it. We're in something as important historically or more, maybe 10 times more than the 60s awakening. 
we're in it right now. We're in something much bigger than that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm so glad to be witnessing it and being part of it. By the way, just, just as an aside, you mentioned the word agent then. Since A is a negation, an agent is not a gent. <laughs> and therefore should not be trusted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> agent, yeah, exactly. I mean, we know they, you know, they co-opt everything. You can see it with the truckers thing now. Some people say, oh, it was in the Illuminati card game. And you say like, well... Whether it was scripted and then got out of control or it was organic and now they got control, there's four people claiming they're the voice of the truckers and the money's getting, you know, this thing, this thing spiraled out of control. I don't think this went the way the elites wanted this to go if they did plan it. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think many things are going the way they want it to go. And yeah. one of the things I always rely on is that we've, we've got in here, we've got connection to creation and we're very creative with that as long as we maintain that connection and we have access to stuff that the computer modeling and the think groups and the tanks and all the things that they're using they're so far from that they've got no access to it yeah so there is no way they can outmaneuver and outposition what we're going to do that's it's impossible yeah exactly and it does seem like it seems like they're off track a little bit with their agenda 21. You know, the world bank was going to carry COVID out to 2025, according to their own documents that I have. It, we're not having it. I don't think they, I don't think they were counting on us awakening this fast. Something we're, we're scaring them for sure. They're ready for it. They've been preparing for this, but I don't think, I think that we are more awake than they planned on. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and more people. And I get people coming to me that, you know, two, three years ago said to me, you, you know, you're out in left field. And I said, no, I said, I passed left field two or three decades back. I just kept on walking. <laughs> and it's a whole different place I'm in, which is fine. But they're coming back now and saying that stuff you were talking about, you know, I've been looking into it and you, 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 you you're onto something. Yeah. Of course, then they try and they proceed to tell me all the stuff that I've been talking about for a long time anyway. It's really interesting, but it's great to see because 20 years ago, you'll have found this. You couldn't talk to anyone because there was no one to talk to. Yeah. You were just sat there thinking you'd lost your fucking mind reading this stuff, going, well, that actually, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And you were just ahead of your time. And it's not like you made this stuff up. Like you, you had time to research. You were probably like me. You know, I was a musician and working. I had time to do this. So it's not like you made all this up. It's like, do you think really 20 million people started screaming about a new world order that it, they're just making it up and losing all their friends and family? Like, I don't know one person who got anything good out of this back then by speaking out. Now I've got friends coming to me. They won't, you know, they say like, thank God, man, I'm so glad. I just want to tell you, I didn't take this jab. I didn't lose my job. I went and got that paper you were talking, you know, and now they're all coming to me going, yeah, man, I'm so glad I listened to you. And I said, don't. I'm glad that you listened to you. I just make the movies and the information. I do the work for you. You research it. I didn't wake you up. You had the gumption to go, what is this guy on about? I'm going to look into this. I, it's not me. It's you wake yourself up. And that's where I went wrong. Well, I think we... we no, you, you're right. Yeah, we, it, we all play a part in that, Steve. We've got... There's two sides to every play, isn't there? So what they're doing and what you're doing, you both have to do it in order to get this. And I always tell people, look, when I make the content, the stuff I talk about, it's also stuff that I need to hear myself. That's why I'm talking it through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I'm – you've seen a lot of my films. 
what I'm pretty good at is when I, because I know I've been talking about virology for, I don't know, 20, yeah, 14 years or something now. I understand what they're saying, but when I hear like Cowan or Lanka or Kaufman or even, even Amanda, because they know what they're talking about. So even when they think they're simplifying it for you, I, I show it to people who don't know what they're talking about and they still don't know what they're talking about. You know, I think Dr. Cowan is the best at it. So when I make films, I'm the whole point is I'm trying to say, all right, could I explain this to a 10 year old? Could I explain virology to a fraud virology fraud to a 10 year old? And I think that's probably why our films are very popular because people, I, I have doctors and virologists writing me in the comment sections going, I want my med school money back. <laughs> you know, they're watching like, <laughs> I said, four hours a year of films. I learned more than four years of med school. You know, and you're not even a doctor. And I'm saying, yeah, but they get it. Now they're like, this makes sense. And I say, have you read Pasteur's private diaries? They've been published since, I don't know, 98. He admitted himself he was injecting poison <laughs> fluids into the brains of animals, killing them, and claimed that caused contagion. <laughs> no, he, he's a complete fraud. Like all the people that have all the pasteurized stuff, they're poisoning themselves. It's a fraud. Yeah. But, there, you know, a doctor, I think Dennis McEwen said it, uh, he was right. You know, when you go to the two libraries at a university, the doctors have a medical library and then all the other stuff's in the, you know, the pleb library. <laughs> And funny enough, as he said, you don't find Pasteur's diary in the medical library, which is ridiculous. He's the father of virology besides Robert Koch. Why wouldn't his diary be in their library? And that's because it says he was a fraud. He admitted it. So these people are only shown what they're supposed to show. And just like all of us, they don't ask questions. You don't pass school by asking questions. You pass school by repeating answers. I got into terrible trouble at school for asking questions. They used to say to me, stop asking so many fucking questions, will you? (laughs) I I mean, it's funny. You probably noticed, too. A lot of the people who do seem like they were awake early, they are kind of, you know, artists and misfits. People didn't do well in school. Myself, I, I never I had authority issues and was in trouble all the time. And I did well in school when I tried. You know, I got A's in any any class I wanted an A in, except for geometry, which is the only one I tried my ass off and got a, almost a, almost failed. But I didn't try because it just wasn't interesting. Well, that, this this is one of the things about proper education. You educate the individual. Yeah. That's the wrong word because that's a corporate term. You educate the man or the woman to let them follow their own line of inquiry. That's what we do with my children. Children's another one, sorry, my little boys and girls, little girls, to follow the line of inquiry they were interested in, and then they get it because they're hungry for it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm sure that's what you did with this, and I did with the similar stuff as well. I was just interested in it, so I chased it. Well, I, I study more, <laughs> studied more the last 12, 14 years than I did all through 20 years of school. I'm, I'm constantly researching. I spend, like, literally eight hours a day studying when I have it, you know, and so... <laughs> And I do it because I study what I want and I'm not listening to their nonsense. I, I want to, you know, I've looked at their story and go, something's not right there. I, I want to know what's going on here, you know? Um, so 
And I think school would be exciting. Th those schools are there on purpose to make you just smart enough to run the machines and dumb enough to not ask questions. If school was real, they would say, well, what do you want to study? Right from first grade. You, you, of course, have to spell and read and write. You need your math and reading and writing. <laughs> well, spelling is an interesting thing because that's also an occult term, isn't that's it? That's occult as well, yeah. But if I did, teach the kids occult spelling, you know. Yeah, 100%. Show them what it is. Show them what it is and help them with what it is. Yeah, and I, I'm not against all that because what we're doing right now is we're casting a spell. Yep. We're just doing what's called white magic. It's, it's you know, what's, what's the intention of the magician? Well, our intention here is to pass good, truthful information on to people to empower themselves. And we're casting a spell. There's nothing wrong with magic. It depends how you want to use it. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not against and As long as you don't get spellbound by it. Yeah. Yeah, so long as you're not bound by it. But there's nothing wrong with binding someone to a good spell as well. If you say, if this is what it takes to wake you up, then I will bind you to this. Like, there, that's not bad magic. It's, it's the intention of the magic. Well, and I think it's important as well. When you see a magician, a lot of it's sleight of hand, and you want to be paying attention to what the other hand is doing, which is why all this corona hoax all this stuff to do with climate, all the stuff. Yeah. It's all a distraction for what's really going on in the background. Yeah. And that is what really is going on is the, the political agenda behind. This is Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, no doubt about it. There is no virus. There will be future fake viruses. That's why I'm so in, into this is because the... I'm not with Reiner Fulmick and all their crew, their, their UK column. They're all just like, yes, we know there's no virus, but people don't know. So we're just going to go on with this narrative. I'm saying, no, the only way this stops is when everyone knows there isn't viruses. That's right. Stop going along with it. Stop teaching them about the fucking tooth fairy in Father Christmas, for Christ's sake. Yeah, you like, when are you going to tell the kids Santa's not real when they're 50? Come on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come on, man. Because it's the only way this stops. You would not take an injection for a virus if you knew there was no such thing as a virus other than a dead cell debris particle in a virologist's Petri dish. Even the dumbest person on earth wouldn't take medicine for something they're not sick with. No. So to keep well, you used the right word. They used injection as opposed to a vaccine because they're conning people with the word vaccine. Well, even vaccines are cons. Well, it's all con, yeah. But at least if you use the word injection, you're thinking about something being put into you. Yeah. With a vaccine, they've disassociated that thing. That's what a vaccine is. They're putting poison into you that does nothing to do with anything because there's nothing to vaccinate against. Well, it gets a response, and that's how they say it works. Of course it gets a response. <laughs> I know when I'm working on engines, I get certain fluids on my hand by accident. <laughs> I'm going to have a fucking reaction to it and a bad one. Yeah, but that's the thing is they they know that ant, what they call antibodies, yep. they're not specific. They've already proven this in labs. If they change the temperature and the chemical structure, they don't bind to anything. They've also made the same antibody bind to 26 or 30, 50 different things. And they say they're specific. And you say, well, okay, if you inject me with formaldehyde and windshield wiper fluid and aluminum and the end a virus particle from a Petri dish, and they say, yeah, we do that because it's to raise your antibody levels so that you can launch an immune response against the virus. And you say, but you claim the antibodies are specific, meaning I should have an aluminum antibody 
a formaldehyde antibody, right? A windshield wiper fluid antibody and a virus antibody. Then why aren't you just injecting me with the particle? Why are you giving me a formaldehyde antibody? If I, the only way I can get formaldehyde in my blood is if you stick it in me. It's nonsense. It's all nonsense. And they know it. Antibodies, all they are is glue. When the cell's dying, they come and glue the particles back onto the whole wall in the cell. That's what they do. That's it. So they don't, they, oh yeah, they did, but they attach to the viral particles. You're like, yeah, that's because the particles, the cell just died. The particles are near the cells. And this thing's job is to glue them back onto the cell. So of course they're in the area hanging out by the virus particles. Of course they're. They don't do anything. They don't attach to them and remove that. It's they're, they're just glue. They're they're so, and they tell it's it's the same. Before they used to tell you, oh, um, if you have antibodies, we can see you already have natural immunity, right? You go to the one, you go to the doctor, and they say we found antibodies, so you're already immune. You must have had the virus because now you've made the antibodies. Then you go to the virologist and they go, you've got antibodies. You must be sick with a virus because you have antibodies there to fight the virus. <laughs> Which is it? Am I immune because I have them or am I sick because I have them? They keep, it depends which doctor you ask. This is ridiculous. This is not science. Right. It's, it's, it's none of the above just to keep you just to keep you entranced and spellbound <laughs> within the germ theory myth. That's all it is. Even the doctors don't know. You, you ask a doctor this and they're like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> what? It's the best shit show I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of what they do is they, they mystify it with language. Yes. They keep saying tighter. You're saying a tighter just means amount. Just say amount. The tighter, like just say fluid amount, the amount of fluid, like they, they replace simple where it, it's, here's a, here's a, you go to the doctor with red itchy skin and they go, what's wrong? And you go, I have really red flaky, itchy skin. They go, all right, we're going to draw some blood and do some blood work and take a look at that. And this, and you know, in your country of free medical, like here's free, free medical, state medical, They'll run the labs and the government taxpayers will pay for it. In America, you'd pay for it or the insurance company. Then it comes back and they go, yeah, yeah. So what's the problem? And then the guy says, uh, yep, you have eczema. And you go, well, eczema is just a Latin term for red, flaky, itchy skin. <laughs> like I told you I had that. I already told you I had that when I walked in here. You charged me $500 to run lab tests to tell me I have red, flaky, itchy skin in Latin. Or they might call it dermis. You know, they might give you another fancy word for it. You're like, what? <laughs> atopical dermis. You know, <laughs> that's what they do. And you and you say, I want to know why. Why do I have red, flaky, itchy skin? And they go, We don't know, but here's some cream you can put on, and it won't be red and flaky and itchy anymore. You know, if you do have that, by the way, urine works really well on it. Yeah, it's probably from vaccines. So, you know, it's from injections, poison too. It is, yeah, it's everything's toxic. It's a toxicity or deficiency or a mixture of the two, or it could be physical trauma, so you fell off a building. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. There, there is no third option for anything. Everything beyond that is simply another fucking fairy tale. Yeah. And allopathic medicine, they're not interested in curing any reason why you have an ailment. They're, they're interested in suppressing the feeling of the symptoms for as long as they can sell you pills to do it so the doctor can get his vacation to jamaica or what you know whatever they whatever bribe they give them they don't care why you're you're expressing and you're not sick you're healing as you know i can i can hear you know you're 
you're not sick, you're healing, you're detoxing. But, you know. I was sick for 17 days in October, getting rid of all sorts of crap, and it was fantastic. Yeah. It wasn't particularly pleasant going through it, but it was fantastic at the back end of it. Yeah, and healing is not, it's not, it's painful. Well, that's one of the funny things I've always found. You know, people say, well, one of the reasons people believe in viruses is because of epidemiological observation. They, well, I'm sick and my son got sick when I was homesick. And then you say, but what about the other three people in your house? No, funny enough, my wife, she's walking around fine and so is my daughter. But me and my son got sick at the exact same time. So it's a virus. And you're like, then why aren't all four of you or five of you sick? <laughs> like, how come nobody asks how come the other three of you are walking around the same house and aren't sick? So it's a virus? Really? Okay, you know, how come 10, 12 people have sex with a girl who's got an STD, herpes, genital warts? 10 of them walk away fine. They're like, yeah, two of them express warts. And everyone says, oh, they got the warts, so they caught it. And you say, well, there was an electric exchange, clearly. Some, something in her body triggered them to start releasing toxins in that part of the excretory. How do you explain the other 10 who banged her and walked away happy and didn't express them? How come eight kids at the chicken pox party didn't get the chicken pox and only four of them did? Why? If it's a virus, you either get it or you don't. Like, you know, so, some doctors said if viruses were real, nobody would be around to, to talk about it yeah. or something. Exactly. <laughs> well, if germ theory was real, we'd all be dead. Yeah. So there are a lot of reasons as it's starting to come forward as to why something, just like women's periods syncing up when they all live together in the house, there are electromagnetic and resonance and water reasons and cyclical reasons why things appear to be contagious. Yeah. And also people in the same household are often exposed to the same toxins at the same time. There's those, or there's also like a pheromone, you know, you've got taste, touch, scent, smell, and belief as we talked about. So if you're, if you happen to be toxic yourself, and your dad's, you can smell him pooping and puking and blah and taste, you know, if your senses are picking up, he's detoxing and you are toxic, he very well might trigger you through, you know, pheromones, hormones, senses to detox. But if the mom or whoever else isn't ready to detox because they drink more bottled water, they're not stressed. There's also the belief if you keep telling a kid that I'm going to make you sick they might actually get sick and start detoxing. Which is what this whole programming has been about for the last two years. Yeah. Placebo and nocebo. It's funny because they accept nocebo and placebo in regular allopathic medicine, but they won't accept that it could be a trigger for a disease or for detox. Well, here's the thing, isn't it? If you, if you hide a lie and a truth in the same area, it becomes very hard to pick out which is which, and many people can't do it, won't do it, yeah, because it's just too difficult. It takes too much effort. Those are the really special kind of lies, which is why it's, it's almost amusing to see what's going on. The people that should know better now are still buying into elements of this, like the AIDS thing you talked about, yeah, because they can't discern that as another lie as opposed to they think it's a truth. And you have like in the, you know, in the 60s, you had the Cleve Baxter experiments where he had one of his students, there was a group of plants that lived together and he had, he had them hooked up to polygraphs. So one of the students came in and cut and then stomped on one of the, killed one of the plants. Then they all left the room and then they had 500 kids come in 
one at a time. And when the person who murdered their friend walked in the room, the plants freaked out on the polygraph. They could sense that's the person who's dangerous to our environment. They, they used that as well to catch a killer who'd killed someone in a florist shop. <laughs> no way. Is that right? Yeah, they, they used the plants to bring them in. Yeah, see? Well, there you go. Yeah, for the same, I think it was probably in the same books. There's another really good book about that called The, the Hidden Life of Trees. Yeah. And that talks about the chemical connections as well. It's fascinating the, the, what, what really goes on in this realm. If we were educated, we would be in awe of the natural world as opposed to trying to destroy it. Absolutely. And I, I can't remember. I was, it was Netherlands, one, one, one of the Dutch universities. They were doing studies. They were saying, don't peel your carrots, because as soon as you do, they start secreting this toxin as a defense because they think bugs are eating them. But not only do they do it, but they found the other carrots around them started secreting the toxin when you peel that. So you say, well, if carrots can do it, do you really not think that our bodies can do it? Are we dumber than a carrot? Maybe. <laughs> you know, we're not carrots. I actually know some people that are dumber than carrots, so yeah, I can well, attest to that. <laughs> I would say more ignorant. They're ignoring things. I don't think people, I don't like to call people dumb and sheeple. I like to call no, them. No, you're right. You're right. I like to call them ignorant. They're ignoring things. They're not nescient because anyone can find this information. So you cannot claim nescience. Nescience, if you live in a jungle with no internet, no, okay, you don't know. There's no way for you to know, but I'm sorry, man. If you got a phone in your hand that has access to the world's biggest library and you're not using it other than taking selfies, you know, it's your own fault. And as long as you're also not using Google as a search engine because then you're going to get fed what they want to feed you. It's just another trap. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's always interesting, too. You know, if you use Brave Browser and DuckDuckGo, the search results are very different. <laughs> yeah, another good one. Quant's another good one as well. It gives you very straightforward results. Like Which one is that? Quant, Q-W-A-N-T. I don't even know it. Quant, yeah? Yeah, it's the one I use. Right. Quant. But it, it's, it's back to the same thing, isn't it? It's, it's not just looking for the information to inform yourself. It's knowing where to look for it so you're actually getting proper results. Yeah. And you're always sent the controlled opposition. You know, I was, I was very, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to Dr. Lee Merritt because I have to apologize. I, I called her the dirty dozen, the dirty disinfo dozen in a couple films back. Uh, then I noticed she was watching my films because she started going on Sherry Tenpenny and some others. And I was the one who used the metaphor for a banana genome and next generation sequencing and then the pink flying unicorns. And she started going on using my metaphors. And I said, this woman's been watching my movies, but I'm telling you right now. And she said, like, ah, you know, maybe because our name is Space Busters and it's flat earth sounding. So people she won't say where she got it, but I was like, this woman is watching my stuff, you know, for sure. Cause yeah. I'm the only one using bananas, metaphors and pink flying unicorns. But sure enough, she turned around and even went on Reiner Fulmick and said, there's no fucking viruses made. It's all a crock of shit. And that Wodar guy attacked her and he attacked Andy and Stefan, you know, and he's an old John Hopkins. He's either a dinosaur from the old school or he's controlled. I don't know. I don't care. He's dumb. You don't need dumb people leading the charge. Anyone who looks into virology for four hours can see it's a fraud if they have a modicum of intelligence between their temples. And I think you're absolutely right. And one of the most important things I say to people, I think it's important, is don't get hung up on why this might be happening right now. Just get around the idea that it is happening and start to dig. 
Yes. Yeah. We are here. It is. I'm the same too. Like I'm, I've got my plan B, you know, if, if the new world order comes in and it does, and we don't beat them, I'm okay. I'm not emotionally invested in it. I've got my plan B and my bailout ready. If we win, we win. I'm not going to ruin. I know so many people are like, I'm not saying anger isn't good, but I don't think it's as productive, you know, as when you say, I'm not invested in this emotionally, I'm intellectually invested in it. My heart is invested in it, but I'm not going to be angry. If I watch the news today and Justin Trudeau, you're like, Oh, everyone's shocked that Fidel Castro's son suddenly turned fascist. Like, is that a surprise? What a shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Castro's son? Became fascist? How did it say it isn't so? <laughs> <laughs> Where would you get that idea? <laughs> it, it is comical, really. Yeah. You know, and it's important to keep keep things humorous and light because... I think so. How, when did you wake up? How long ago? I started to realize things weren't as they seem back around 2001. Yeah. That's when I really started to dig into stuff. I've been aware for a long time. September 11, yeah. But even before that, I was very curious about why things were fucked up because I'd watched my mum be poisoned over 10 years. So it was probably 10 years before that that I started to look at it and say, something's not right. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But when, when all that happened, then I just said, that's it. I want no fucking part of this and, and changed the way I do everything. Well, that's, you know, I, I had the same experience with a friend's mom, uh, but I won't get into the story, but. It's a with the, they're putting them on these uh, chemotherapies. They're poisoning them with chemotherapy. Not only that, but I'm going to poison you back to health. Yeah, and then you know what? What's really going on? It seems to me is when you've got these toxin buildups in your body, these tumors wrap around them to stop them from dripping into the body. It's exactly what I said in my book. It's a fist. And then they go give you a biopsy. They go in and poke it with a needle and spray all the poison around your body. Oh my God! It's aggressively spreading. You're like. Yeah, you just stuck a needle into it when it was contained. <laughs> now it's flying around my body, and you're saying it's you're the reason it's aggressively spreading. And that's why, in the center of pretty much every tumor that this, I forget the guy's name now, but he was analyzing it and he found a white dot. And the white dot is uh, Candida albicans in a lot of cases. But there's always, there's always something in the center of the tumor. It's, it's an encapsulation, it's what your body's doing to keep you safe. It is, yeah. It's saying we can't have this flying around the bloodstream. It'll kill us. This is the same with ivermectin. You know, with Joe Rogan, they're not getting. I, I use this metaphor. I say, when you have to take a poo, <laughs> nobody would start to take a poo and then halfway done, squeeze their butt and hold the rest of the poo in for five years. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Like, the poo's got to come out. Well, when you're sick, no one can argue that ivermectin stops stops a detox process Just like no one can argue that aspirin stops you feeling a headache. It doesn't cure the reason, the dehydration or the stress or whatever, but you don't feel the headache. But no one can argue that two aspirin won't stop a headache. Just like ivermectin. Now, what Joe Rogan's going to do, unfortunately, is his body has expunged the toxins from all the tissue and fluid. They're now getting ready to be sweated out, puked out, spit out, snotted out, all the ways the body gets rid of it. He takes ivermectin because that feels bad. I feel bad. Then his body goes, shit, he's, ivermectin is highly poisonous. It's an acute toxin. We've got to stop the detox process because we have a new threat here. 
So it just puts the toxins back where they go. Now he feels good because he stopped expunging the toxins. But next year, when it's time to expunge the toxins, he stopped with ivermectin. What's he going to do? He's going to take ivermectin because it worked last time, right? And he's going to do it for three years in a row. You'll see Joe Rogan with failing organs and cancer in four years because four years of ivermectin are going to, then he'll learn his mistake. That's absolutely, yeah. You, you can't cheat this stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, I get it. Like, if you think that sickness is sickness and not healing, and you think taking poisons stops healing, <laughs> stops sickness, then you're going to learn a hard lesson, you know, like uh, you just are. I feel bad because there's a lot of people who follow him who don't understand this. Well, that's why he's been allowed to get so big. Well, to me, he has the right to say he's not a doctor or anything. He's just saying what he believes in. So I don't, you know, fuck Neil Young. I love Neil Young, but I love Neil Young's music. But like Joe Rogan can say what he wants. If you're listening to Joe Rogan as your doctor, you're the idiot. <laughs> you know, it's not his fault. It's you for listening to him, not him. But this is where all this comes back to. It's all about taking personal responsibility for the choices you make, whatever they are, that's good with me. Mm. But don't try and spit it onto a third party or some invisible boogeyman that doesn't fucking exist because you don't want to take responsibility for the fact that you have intentionally or otherwise taken on board more toxins and shit that you can deal with. Yeah. I do like what Tom Cowan said in his recent one with Lee Merritt where they, the, the pharma industry takes advantage of the fact that the general population is scientifically illiterate and most especially medically scientifically illiterate and it is true they they think oh that guy in a white coat knows more than me and you're like that's the same guy who was sleeping in the back of your high school classroom <laughs> you know couldn't get a date to the prom like that guy was an imbecile in high school not <laughs> what makes you think he's like some demigod he just went and said yes sir for four more years in a different so what, you know, and people don't understand these aren't gods. These are just people who said, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir, for four more years to get a bigger uh, three letters in front of their name. I'm a PhD. And you're like, OK, well, how much virology did you have in your med school? One week? How much epidemiology? One more week? You had two weeks. How much nutrition? Yeah, two weeks. And that's what I say to people. Are you saying you know more than my doctor? I say, well, I've been studying it for 14 years. Your doctor has two weeks of it from med school 30 years ago. Who do you think knows more about it? <laughs> <laughs> Quite. <laughs> and you can show people where they can go and come to their own conclusions. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll say, here's why I believe what I'm saying. Don't take my word for it. Read the studies. Here they are. You can look yourself like it's all written in black and white. It's not me making it up. I, I don't make shit up unless I see the study. And then I say, well, what do you think? What I like about a lot of reading these old papers is because you can see they too were coming from germ theory. They make a lot of logical fallacies and false assumptions in these papers because they're saying, well, it's got to be a virus. You know, they, they can't get to the fact that it isn't a virus at all. So they keep making these stupid excuses as to why they think, 
Oh, maybe monkeys are immune, have the same exact kind of virus as a person with measles. And <laughs> it never dawns on them, you know, because they too were programmed. So it's quite interesting when you know what's going on and read their papers and then see where the fallacies come in right there and go, there is where, because you also are indoctrinated, you didn't see your own fallacy and it's right in your face. Yeah. Clear as day. It is, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it is fascinating to me because these people, they're not, even though the people higher up are using these experiments as a scam, the people doing the experiments were not like fraudsters and scamsters. They were like trying to be legitimate scientists, but they had a belief system that they couldn't understand that was, you know, had a fallacy involved in it. And, and when you see it, you go, I see your fallacy and you wish you could go back and talk to the guy, you know, and say right there, mate, that's where you fuck this one up, man. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of doctors too that are coming around to the idea they've been duped as well, which is nice to see. Yeah, exactly. I still maintain that many of them, the health profession, not all, because there are some weird ones out there, but many got there to help people but they've been so misled down the wrong path. They've got a long way to come back and go, oh shit, I need to relearn all this stuff. I'll tell you one of the things I saw uh, after I moved from the health insurance to the medic, uh, I moved into private insurance. I was working for a, the, the biggest health insurance company in the world. I'm not gonna say their name, but then I moved to an agency. Then we got involved in uh, life insurances too and now practice insurance. Now, in America, because everyone sues the surgeons, right? Some of these life insurance policies were a million dollars a year, the premium. Because when a surgeon drops a scalpel in your brain, you know, like you, the lawsuit is $50 million. So people say, well, I can fly to Poland or India and get my kidney taken out for 30000 you know, $3,000 or 10. And why is it costing one hundred eighty? You're like, because this guy has a million dollar a year life insurance premium for malpractice because everyone sues them and they do fuck up all the time. Like they, these guys fuck up a lot. Uh, and that was a lot of what I saw going on is also, you know, you get your first practice and then you've got, you've got your internship, then your machine, you get your own clinic and your machines and da da da. So, and then all of a sudden the health insurance companies came in and put them on what we called PPO and HMO. So if you went to the doctor, you'd only pay $10 or $20 copay and the, the insurance would pay the rest. Well, that means we strong armed all the doctors and cut their prices down. And we said, yeah, well, we'll give you 100 patients a day instead of 10. But it's you can't charge what you know, because we're paying for it. Um, so then they started just seeing patients like 100 patients in eight hours. Now, if you've got an ailment and your doctor has three minutes to visit you, literally, do you see where this starts to get out of control? A lot of that happened in America. Suing and, and the, the insurance companies getting involved in all this. So it's not actually all these doctors' faults. They're just trying to pay their freaking bills, man. They got a six staff to pay, million dollars worth of machines, you know, the beep, beep, whatever they're using and Yep. So that's all they're That's why they say, well, okay, well, every time I give a thing of chemotherapy, I get a $3,000 bonus from the insurance company. Of course, they're going to give you chemotherapy. Of course, yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about that before. And I guess the other thing to do 
like with the surgeons, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything you see looks like a nail, doesn't it? Exactly. And they also get their training. It's the pharma reps who come in and re retrain doctors. You know, they, they, they got what they had in med school, but uh, Pfizer comes along or whoever, you know, America, whatever. And they say, we've got this new pill. It's been, here's the study kind of, and it does this and that and the other. And by the way, we're going to take you to Tahiti. <laughs> if you can give it to a thousand of your patients this year. And the doctor doesn't stop and go, I'm going to look into this study and see if that, you know, they don't, they just say, okay, well here, this stops this. So when the doctor makes his diagnosis, which is renaming what's wrong with you in Latin, now he's got a pill from Merck to do this, to stop the symptoms. So it's not like there's these doctor evil doctors running around and, you know, they, they're, they're caught themselves in a predicament. Yeah, they're, in, they're caught in the same lie because they've been trained into it. Yes, and they're financially trapped, just like everyone else. When you say, why don't you keep your Hippocratic oath? He's like, because I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not going to have my wife and five kids out on the street, you know. And if, if you look at some of the psychology behind the way they're treated when they're going through their initial training, they're sleep deprived, they're put under massive amounts of pressure, they have information bombarded all over them. It's no fucking, it's no wonder that you can't figure out what's true and what's not. Yeah. And they're not trained to ask. You know yourself, if you remember, school, <laughs> you're called a troublemaker, aren't you? If every time you got your hand up. You know, yeah. Well, that, that to me means no to self. Keep that hand up. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> There's only two people who raised their hand, the troublemaker who's about to challenge the teacher and the fucking goody, goody valedictorian girl, the front who knows the answer to everything and wants to show. Well, I, I was, I was actually both. I learned how to play both sides of that. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> you know, people know in a hurry, if you start causing trouble and upstaging your teacher, you know, you, you're thrown out of class sooner than later and you can't afford to get thrown out of medical school. So of course you're not. And you don't know, you're just a 20 year old kid. You've got a guy who's 60-year professor. You know, he's like a tenured professor at the University of Yale. What, what do you know about what he's saying? How, you know, you, you, how dare you challenge him, and why would you? So if it turns out that guy's an absolute moron, which they are. <laughs> I've got video of these guys. <laughs> They're so dumb. You know, you're like, holy shit, man. This guy is like a tenured professor of epidemiology at a a major school <laughs> he doesn't know how to isolate a virus that's exactly why because you couldn't have someone that was questioning it in that kind of position because your whole game would be fucking exposed yeah but he can't isolate a virus dude. you're like you don't know the procedure to isolate a virus like a 10 year old could figure this out it's it's shocking you know you go oh my god like this guy is teaching it's amusing because I, I did a, a little podcast recently about using the right words and one of the ones I want to do is is the word isolate, which means to separate one thing from another so it's left on its own. Yes. That's not the procedure they use. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's where a lot of the trouble gets when you look at virology. There's a difference between taking the green blocks away from the red balls so that you only have the green blocks and not the red balls. Or like, you know, if you say isolate the socks out of the washing machine and put only the socks in the dryer, and then they take a few shirts and dresses out, but they throw all the socks, underwear, jeans, everything else in the dryer, and they go, yeah, but the socks are still in there, so they're isolated. You're like, that's not isolation, man. That's, there's still a bunch of other shit in the dryer. It's, that's not isolation. And people say, why is that important? And you say, yeah, you say, well, it's important 
because you're claiming that this particle causes illness by breaking into your cell somehow and exploding and replicating you doing this, you know? And when you look at all these virology papers I have, we took a kid who had polio, we took his feces, his poo, and then we froze it. And then we mixed up brains from mice and mixed it with poo and injected it into the heads of other mice and projected poo and mixed up brains into the heads of monkeys and mice and this and that. And baby mice got sick, but none of the other ones even did, even injecting shit into their brain directly. And a couple of the baby, baby mice got sick from somehow having shit injected straight into their brain with dead monkey brains. And that's contagious. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I told you that if I took a shit and, and then mixed it up with monkey brains and injected it with a needle into your brain and you got sick or died, that's contagious. That's what they're doing. You know, you're like, all their experiments are like this. And you're like, that's not. Well, they are. Yeah. Aged, man. Yeah. You, well, it's like I said to people, use the right word. Don't, don't, because just because they give it a label, it doesn't mean it's that. It's something else. So put the right word over it and you'll get clarity on what it is. Yeah. Call them what they are. You know, a tissue culture is rotting flesh from monkeys and calf with anthrax. <laughs> you know, it's not... right, yeah. And don't be surprised if someone has a bit of a toxic reaction to that. Well, the funny thing is they mostly don't. That's even the whole joke. The whole joke about it is even when they do these experiments where they actually are injecting shit into animals' brains, poisons, most of them don't get sick. And when they, if they do get ill, it's a different symptom than because in virology, you say if COVID-19 causes sore throat, fever, da da da, da you know, then they inject, they inject a bunch of poison with anthrax and dead monkey kidney tissue and bovine into a into a mouse and then he gets bristled fur and, and it's in the studies and you say like is bristled fur like a like is one of the one of the symptoms of covid is your beard gets bristly <laughs> sick. like they don't even make the mouse sick and you're like shouldn't the goddamn thing have fever runny nose call you know like you know, even when you inject poison into the head they still don't get the illness that's what a joke the whole thing is some do die. It depends, you know, Pasteur and Culp, they were injecting one third of your brain volume of poisonous anthrax fluid into their brain with some fluid from a, a rabid dog or something. And then the dog dies and they're like, oh my God, he caught rabies. You, know? <laughs> like, you don't think it was sticking a needle in his brain and filling a third of it up with poison? You really think it was the rabies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a genius, but <laughs> no same. Yeah, it sounds to me that something's afoot there, you know? It is, yeah, you know. I don't know if you even want to go into it. I've got some slides and stuff. Do, do, your, do the people who watch you know what's going on, or would you like to go through all this? Or... Yeah, we'll go through some of it. Yeah, I, I think people play their own part in drawing the information to them. If they're watching this, it's because they need to see it or they want to see it. Yeah. And if you, you, know, if you think this is a whole load of shit, Fair play to you. See you later. Well, it depends how long you want to carry this on. Like I can show you, I can show people some things where I will hands down prove this is a fraud. You know, if you want to take the time to go through it and we can, you can see it for yourself, you know? Okay. Well, I've, I've got probably another 20 minutes before I need to go do something. Right. Yeah. Well, then maybe we'll just keep talking in another time. I think. Uh, yeah. 
I'd, I'd love to do another one with you. Or actually, I'm actually about to put out a new film. Now that this is all done with the Lanka experiments, uh, I'm actually going to release a new film showing, look, this is the end of this nonsense. I've been putting parts of these in 17 films over the last two years, but I'm going to make a new one that's hopefully about 25 minutes going, here it is. If you still believe in this shit after this, they're good on you. But <laughs> Well, that, let's, let's let people watch that because I'll put a link in the description so that people can find you if they don't know where to find yeah, you. Absolutely. Once you know the terminology, that's one of the things people won't do is when you when you give someone a virology paper and they start reading it and there's a you know every sentence there's three words that seem i don't know that's a medical word you know but when you really look them up there it's not really a medical word it's just a fan they nasa does this too they make a fancy word well not a space agency yeah you know yeah they 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 just take or or even as you you know you talk about the the legal fiction you know black's law dictionary Words don't mean what they really mean, right? That's right. Understand doesn't actually mean I get it. It means I stand under your authority. They do the same. They put these weird, strange words in there. And as you read a sentence and you run across five words in the sentence that you, that you don't understand, you, you break down and can't read the sentence. But if you really, really take the time to replace the five words with their synonyms, Suddenly you go, is that what you did? <laughs> like It's so dumb. Yeah. And I think the reason they put those synonyms in there is because they don't want you reading it going, what? You you did what? <laughs> like, you know? Well, of course they do. It's all part of the magic spell they're casting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like the CDC when they said they made the PCR test and said, we had no isolate of COVID-19 virus. <laughs> So we took known titers, titer just means amounts, of a computer-generated isolate we did have from people with lung cancer cells, A549 alveolar cells. <laughs> you're like, you're testing for a lung virus by seeing if this matches lung cancer cells in a person. And then we added some other genetic sequences, this and that, to mimic COVID-19, you're like, you took lung cancer cell sequences and added some bullshit to mimic something you don't have? You made Hold it. the world hostage while you played your game. Yeah. And I tell people, like, I'll, you know, here's a good one. This is the best way I can describe PCR testing in a second, all right? I'm holding something in my hand right now. You don't know what I'm holding. You don't have possession of this, right? But it's in my hand. Now, I need you to make a test to determine if whatever's lying around you is the same as what I have in my hand. I'm not going to tell you what size, what shape, what it's made of, what color, what it does, nothing. You just make a test to see if what's laying around you is in my hand. Do you have any questions? Uh, well, yeah, a few. <laughs> like, how the fuck am I going to do that? <laughs> That's a very good question. How the fuck am I going to do that? Wouldn't your questions be, what's it made of? What does it do? What color is it? What size? You know, you'd probably have a thousand questions. Yeah. Can you make a test without knowing what the hell I'm holding in my hand to determine if what's on your desk is the same? Well, if you want an accurate test, no. It's impossible. You wouldn't even know how would, even if you made a test, 
how would you match it if you don't get to see what this is, right? Now, can you make a test for a variation of that? <laughs> can you make the Omicron version of what's in my hand if you don't even have the original? Only a moronic version of it, yeah. Right. <laughs> so if the CDC has possession of no such thing as the genome of a SARS-CoV-2 particle isolate, how the fuck can they make a test to detect if what's in your boogers are the same as something they don't have possession of, right? And if you're anyone is watching, if you're wondering, it's just a little uh, 32, what do you call these, lithium battery, right? Now, the variant would obviously be a smaller or a bigger. But if you don't know, if you don't have a lithium battery to know you're supposed to build a test to find the lithium battery, you can't do it. You might make one for staples or, you know, salt. You don't know what I'm holding. That's what they're doing. They admit we don't have this lithium battery. So we made a test for a lithium battery. <laughs> using scotch tape <laughs> and a key ring and this, that, and the other. And then we told the computer to say that that's a lithium battery because a key ring's round. That's what they did. Yeah. They admit it in their paper. <laughs> you know, like, well, it, this is the whole thing, Steve. They, they've actually put everything in plain sight if you just yeah. have a bit of a look. I was with someone the other day and they were saying something about something on the news and they were saying that, you know, this vaccine has passed all the safety tests. And I went, they're not actually lying. All the same safety tests as the other vaccines. They're not telling a lie there because they've never tested for anything anyway. That's right. Did you actually see the newest Veritas? He caught the guy from the, C, uh, the FDA. Have you seen this? Just came out yesterday. No. Veritas got an undercover guy and the guy in the FDA saying, no, no, no. We didn't even pass any safety tests. And the girl said, then how did you know it was going to be approved? He said, they're always approved. He said it. He just admitted, <laughs> yep. we don't test what they're doing. We just approve them flat out. Yeah, of course you do, yeah. <laughs> so that's virology, you know. It's the same as like, if you've got, I've got picture, I won't even show you, but I've got a picture of a guy standing in front of his front door with a key. Now, it's a still photo. So you say, is this guy leaving his house and he just unlocked the door? Or is he coming home from work and he's about to unlock his door and go into the house? You can't say because you're like, I need the rest of the footage to see if he just left, right? Well, that is their clinical proof. Forget about all the experiments that disproved contagion by swabbing boogers and blood of the Rosina and all the others. They're, they're, they show a picture of a particle outside a dead cell, and that's their proof that it went in and attacked it and blew up. And you say, like, but it's not moving. You, how, <laughs> what, why, are you sure that's not a dying cell particle coming out? And they, they just made it up. And that's their proof. They say, no, it's, uh, that's the proof. And you say, you, that's, even do that is problematic because to, they've never found that particle in the boogers of anyone. Ever. Now, your, your lungs are a culture. People say, what's a cell culture? You say, it's where they say they can put your boogers in there and then grow these virus particles in the... In, well, that's your lungs. So the obvious question is, if your theory is that these particles come into my lungs and fill all my cells and explode them and all these viruses, shouldn't you be able to take my lung fluid and find these particles in there? And they say, no, we can't. They're too small. And, and Dr. Cowan and Kaufman said, what if you took 10,000 people's? No, it's still too small. They said it to the guy who was head 
of the CDC, uh, the Chinese Center for Disease Control, Wuhan, 20 years, and 20-year head virologist for Yale. Nope, too small. We can't find it. They said, what if you took the boogers of 10,000 people with SARS-CoV-2 and mixed them up? Could you find the particle? He said, no. Now, these particles are 150 to 200 nanometers long, according to them. IBM makes a circuit chip they're bragging about that's two nanometers long, a strip for their circuit. You're like, what, what happens if IBM drops their chip? They can't find it or like, can't isolate this? It's very easy. You put it like a spaghetti. You put it through a mesh strainer, put your boogers in there so that all particles bigger than 200 nanometers are collected just like your spaghetti stays in the strainer and the water and starch comes out. And then you spin that in a centrifuge and all the things get banded in layers by weight. And then you take out only your virus particles and run the genome on Sanger, Max and Gilbert, then inject them into an animal and see if they get sick. They say it can't be done. You say, well, John Hopkins took exosomes, which are, I just, I want to share my screen. I just want to show you this. Uh, Yeah. This, this thing here, people have seen these before. These are called bacteriophages. They used to claim that these were viruses in bacteria, but we know that they aren't now. They are actually what bacteria turn into when they're changing into other shapes. But it looks like the moon lander. They do, don't they? Yeah. Now, the height, I don't know if you can see my cursor, but from top to bottom, this thing is 28 to 200 nanometers long. Now, the coronavirus around is 150 to 200 right so this thing is as big as a coronavirus but the capsid the little moon lander thing on top the geometrical hexagon thing that's only 28 nanometers wide which is where they find the genetic material now scientists and first year med students can isolate the genome from inside that tiny 28 nanometer capsid that's down the left you see the little dna strand so that's so easy that uh, first-year med students can find the genome for that. Then you look at this thing, which is called an exosome, which is an ex- extracellular vesicle. When cells are when cells are in trouble or dying or things happen, these things pop out of the middle of them and go out and talk to other cells around them, saying we have trouble in the environment. And they're the communicators. These are 30 to 200 nanometers. Coronavirus is 150 to 200. So these are the same or smaller. John Hopkins has isolated them, purified them, put them through the spaghetti strainer. He's put them through the centrifuge, pulled out the genetic material, right? So so the virologists say, well, we can't do this to a corona particle (laughs) because it's too small. Say, well... Hang on, here's, a, here's your fake SARS-CoV-2 particle, which is, by the way, electron microscopes are black and white. So anytime you see these drawings with black, brown, pink, yellow, red, you know, whenever you see this orange with us. It wouldn't be a graphic, would it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, because this is, they, they draw these. So this thing is supposed to be 50 to 140 nanometers long. Spike proteins are the little clove-looking things sticking out of them, the little purple spikes sticking out. Those are supposed to be 9 to 12 nanometers long. The bacteriophage capsid that I showed you, where they get the DNA down here in the bottom right, that's 24 nanometers. That means the head of a bacteriophage is the size of one little spike protein on the end of this virus particle. 
IBM's nano chip is two nanometer sheets. So the little strips they're running, the little metal strips they're running on a chip are two nanometers. So they're like the head of one of these little clove spikes, not even smaller than a head. But the virologists say they can't isolate the whole giant orange thing in the middle because it's too small and they can't find them, right? Now that's ridiculous. How come John Hopkins can isolate exosomes, bacteriophages that are the size of one little spike sticking off this and IBM is a chip where 10 of those things could fit on one of those spikes, right? Get out of here. You cannot use that as an excuse. Unless it suits the story. Yeah, it's a crock of crap. And all you'd have to do to easily prove they cause disease is take someone's boogers, put them in one of these nano filters here on the right with a, with a spaghetti strainer so that anything bigger than 200 nanometers didn't get down into the fluid. You'd this is called maceration. You'd mix it with a saline fluid and then you like a spaghetti, and then you'd pour it through this tube and anything bigger than a coronavirus wouldn't get through. So the only thing left down in the bottom juice would be coronavirus particles and anything smaller. And then you'd spin that in a centrifuge, like, you know, stick in a test tube and spin it around like those carnival rides where the people stick to the walls and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then what would happen is in the middle of the test tube, you'd get this, you'd get density gradient separation. So by weight and, and, and particle, you can see the ping pong balls on top, the dies in the middle, you know, the bolts on the bottom. So where it says milk here, I drew a little virus. That's where all the virus particles would be. And then you could easily suck those out with a little nano pipette run their genome from Sanger, Max, and Gilbert, then in, just inject that only without the dish soap, water, vegetable, all the other poisons into an animal and see if it gets sick. And they've never done that. And I want to show you this real quick too. Um, this is a, I just want to show people, this is not a human cell, uh, but I love this diagram. This is a single cell organism. So this is like, it's, it's actually an animal the size of a human cell but I like to show people this. So this is what a virus really is. When a cell goes through what's called apoptosis, meaning cell death, natural or poison necrosis, see what happens to it. Uh, I'll see if I can find a little. Here, here he is in his full state almost. He is just starting to break down. So for whatever reason, this little dude's dying. And now you can see he's suddenly busting up into 56 million tiny, tiny little particles. You see that? And we're looking at the big ones here, but inside the big ones are millions and millions of little tiny ones. So that's what happens to your cell when it dies. Then what they do is they zoom into the very outer edge of that, right? And they go, they stain it and take a picture and they, they do a huge chemical process we won't really get into right now. But what they do to even take that electron microscope picture is ridiculous. They, they, add, uh, they add like formaldehyde, glutohaldehyde, preservatives. Then they freeze it. Then they dehydrate it, take all the waters out, bathe it in alcohol, ethanol, acetone. Then they put it in a mold with resin and wax, and then they cut it into micro. They slice it up with a samurai sword. <laughs> so by the time you even see this, 
it's not anything that would be realistic of what happens in a real human living tissue. It's just totally been killed. Then they stain it with a, a chemical that's, I think it's like um, lead and uranium. <laughs> now there it is, that black arrow is pointing to their proof that the, that virus killed that cell. That's the proof. That's the clinical proof. They say that this is the proof that that went into that cell on the left and then multiplied into all these other ones and exploded and came out. And you're like, but you killed and poisoned the tissue. They've never found that particle in the boogers of any person, sick or well, ever, ever. <laughs> now, what Dr. Cowan and, and Lanka and all them did, they just, they didn't even take a person's boogers. They took no human being, sick or healthy, no person, they did what virologists do. They took a Petri dish with the monkey kidney cells. They added um, bovine calf serum, which is the genetic, it's baby cow uh, broth, which has its own genetic particles in it. And then they added the poisonous amphotericin and genomycin, which are antibiotics that are kidney nephrotoxins, meaning they break down kidney cells. So they took monkey kidneys that are already dead and rotting. They put poisons that break down monkey kidney cells, just like virologists do, put in another genetic source from the milk, and then it broke down and they got these particles. These same exact particles, they're identical, indistinguishable from COVID-19. Then what they did is they added yeast, like you'd put in your bread. So they took that broken down shit and they added yeast then they ran the PCRs and the next gen, they put in the COVID-19 template in the computer that's computer generated and they made COVID-19. Uh, they took the 56 million genetic particles floating around and they rearranged them into COVID-19. Then they made HIV, Ebola, Zika out of the same sample. There is not one person's boogers in this sample that they did. It's just monkey kidney tissue broken down the same thing virologists do. And they made every RNA virus you can make. So that means that the test itself is the creation of everything, yeah? It's the test itself that makes the genome. And they make the genome out of the fragments of the test. <laughs> now, if you did put human boogers in there, right? you'd have more pieces of broken down fragments to, to, to play with to make the test, see? And when people hear, well, there's an Omicron variant, that's because the next scientists who did it, they don't have the same monkey kidney tissues as you did. And they might have different bovine calf serum tissue uh, fluid than you did, right? And they might've used a different kind of antibiotic. They might not have left it as long. They might've used your boogers and then there they use grandma's boogers and you don't have the same shit floating around in your boogers. So the computer says, well, I can put these strands together, but I'm going to have to do it different for Adrian than I am for grandma. And it's called a variant. They say, like, I made, I made the template like you told me to, but because grandma was missing some of these ACGTs and you had them, it's a variant. And they've done this like f 5 million times. There's like 5 million variants because every scientist around the world who does this will have different samples and they will have to have the computer rearrange the shit, the garbage in a different order. That's what a variant is. And then with, with Omicron, what they did is they make a PCR test, which isn't looking for the 30,000 sequence they put in. It's looking for strands of 300 
and it's looking for three distinct strands that they made up of 18 to 300 nuclear, A, C, C, G, G, T, T, A, C, G, A, T, you know, they said, all right, find this, that, and that, which they made up. And they said, we took those out of the thing we yep. made up. And before, if your PCR test only found two out of three sequences, it was a negative. With Omicron, they said, if the same PCR test, no new test, finds two out of three, it's Omicron. <laughs> That's it. They didn't even make a new PCR test. They said what used to be a negative test, because two out of three fired. Now is a positive. Is now a positive for a variant. It's ridiculous. It's fraud. <laughs> That's what they do. I'll stop sharing here, man. That's what they're up to, man. It's it's just it's mind boggling, isn't it? It's it's not even mind boggling. It's mind numbing how stupid it is. But people don't understand the virology, so they're like, "Are you telling me?" And you're like, "I'm not telling you. They're telling you they did it." It's not me telling you. It's in their papers what they did to do it. Like, and they can't believe it, you know. And you're like, "Well, it is what they're doing. It's it is what they're doing." So. I didn't make it up. They told you. I read their papers, and they say we did this. And you say, "Yeah, fuck yeah, no, man." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not telling you. They are. Are you reading what they're saying here? Are you listening to them? You know. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to show you that uh, without going into a whole mess. No, I appreciate that, brother. And, and that's the thing. The whole thing's a joke, you know, with all the other experiments they've done with the 1918 Rosenau, where they took boogers, fluids, spit, mixed them, hundreds of sick people, boogers, blood, fluids, mixed them around, casual, con injected them, rubbed them in their eyes, did this and that. They couldn't make a person sick. Nobody. Not one. Eleanor McBean's parents were holistic doctors during the Spanish flu. They didn't take the jab, nor did the kids. Because all the doctors got sick and were dying from the bacterial meningitis vaccinations, her parents had to go around and see dozens, sometimes half, you know, 50 people a day for two years who had the Spanish flu, never wore masks, gloves, nothing, never got sick, never brought it home to anyone. You know, you're like, how? Kids never caught anything. You know, we know now it's bacterial meningitis injections, 16 to 24 plus extra poisons the hospitals were giving to treat it. So you got to say, for me, I don't really care about virology. I care about the real experiments. Show me one sick person who's had their booger, snot, mucus, blood, this, that, the other mixed up in a thing and injected into someone or rubbed in their eyes or down their throat and made them sick because it doesn't exist. So fuck the virology, you know, the actual physical experiments, not only do they exist, they, they disprove it. They don't, they disprove it. Now there are only a few. That's the problem. There's the polio ones they did in the in the forties. There's only about four or five of these experiments that I know of. I think Dr. Collin said there might be even 12, the problem is there aren't more than that. And people say, well, where, where are the experiments? And you say, like we talked about, well, if you owned a $3 trillion a year <laughs> pharmaceutical machine and you owned all the universities, would you be funding experiments to disprove your whole <laughs> trillion dollar empire? It's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I mean? You're like, who would be funding those experiments? They, of course they aren't. Of course not, man. You think these people are that stupid? They're going to fund their own demise of a trillion dollar industry with political clout to bring in a new fourth industrial revolution that they're going to disprove themselves? Come on, man. Well, if it were true, I would have seen it on the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vanguard and BlackRock own the news and they own Big Pharma. You think they're going to let you see that? Yeah. And if people haven't seen that video of yours, that's well worth watching where you talk about that. Which one? The, the content where you talked about Vanguard and BlackRock, didn't you? I might have actually. I don't know if, oh, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making one now. Yeah. These people, they're not gonna. They're not gonna show you that they're full of shit. That's why people say the mainstream media is complicit. And you're like, they're. It's not the mainstream media that's complicit. It's the people who own them and tell them what they can say. Own the pharmaceutical companies. You know, it, the, the media's on a leash. They want to tell you. They do want to tell you. They're in the same boat. Everyone's on a leash. All the corporations are on a leash to these major, these major players, the two players that own everything. And I suspect one of them owns the other one anyway. Yeah. You can't tell me the woman doing the news who knows her kid has to wear a mask to school and is going to be enslaved forever loves this. She wants to tell you, but she can't feed her kid if she comes out and doesn't. Even if she tried to do it, she'd go cut to commercial sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? She's fired, brought to you by Pfizer. We can't have her say that shit on the news. And now here's AstraZeneca. <laughs> you, know? you watch these American pharmaceutical commercials. You've seen them where like Herb tried, you know, I don't know, quit smoking medication. And then there's like a one minute disclaimer where the guy's like, could cause death. Everything. <laughs> the guy starts rambling out for two minutes. With like the worst fucking side effects you could ever hear, death. Da, 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 da. And you're like, this. You know, it's funny. They call them side effects. They're just direct effects of being poisoned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you're looking at a medicine commercial that has a guy talking faster than a cow auctioneer. Hey, talk about it. He's like, the small print on the bottom. You're like, I don't think grandma can read that. I can't read that. What is he saying? <laughs> And it's a medicine. You're like, this is ridiculous. It's like that movie, They Live, isn't it? Yeah. When, you, when you're awake to this and you see it, you're like, how can you people not see how absurd? And it's everywhere, just like it was in that movie. Yeah. Isn't it, though? I mean, when you know what's going on, don't you just see it like, this is ludicrous, man. It is, yeah, well, you, and you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I think it's fun when you do see it because it's so ridiculous. It's comical. People are calling it clown world. That's like the, you know, the nickname for what's going on right now is clown world. Every day you, you see something, you, you just say like, I, it, I've seen everything absurd there is to see, but it cannot get any more absurd than this. And then the next day you just see something so absurd and you're like, no way, man. Like, and you, you're even thinking like, is this a joke? So, sometimes you have to check articles yourself. Don't you get that? Where you're like, is this Babylon B or is this BBC? I'm not, you're not even sure if you're looking at a joke anymore. You're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But 
Well, that, that's that, that's awesome. I'm going to have to cut and run in just a second, but um, thank you so much. I yeah, would I would love to have another one with you because that, that was really enjoyable. Tons of really good information there as well. Yeah, it would be great. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, do you have my email address, spacebusters at hotmail.com? Uh, yeah, I can put that in the description for you. and they can. I'm also on Facebook. I don't know. Are you on Facebook or? No. No, okay. I don't give it out anyway. I don't want my private Facebook. We have a Space Busters on Facebook. I don't give my private one out. But you've got me on. Uh... They choose where I watch you. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you mean like contact wise or. Oh, no. So they can find your content. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Space Busters, but we can't put medical films on. And we're on two permanent strikes already. So uh, one more and we're dead. So we can only put trailers on there. I've had, I think I've had 11 strikes now. Are, yeah, we had, we had a lot of those semi-strikes that had a three-month thing, but we're on two permas, so one more of those and we're out. Uh, we have an Odyssey channel, Space Busters, and a bit shoot is where you probably see us. I think BitChute is way better than uh, YouTube for us. We get so many more views on BitChute and Odyssey than we ever did on, on YouTube. Way more. So for me, that's that's the platform to be. Yeah, fuck YouTube. But we do have 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, so we don't really want to get kicked off the channel because it's a lot of people. Yeah, we got a strike. A guy had made a comment under one of our videos about nurses or something. I went on and replied to the, his comment and we got a channel strike for me replying to a comment from some dude under a video. I'm like, what? That's crazy, you know? I got a strike probably 15 months ago for pointing out to people, I'm sorry, I've been quiet for two weeks. I got a strike and they gave me another strike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's how that works, is it? <laughs> Well, we know they're the enemy too, which it's good that you know, at least, you know, they're them. I don't see it as a bad thing. I say, I know YouTube is them. At least bitch shooting Odyssey, they let you stay. Unbelievably, you're allowed to say what you want. Yeah. Problem bitch shoot has is they've got all these like 77th brigade, uh, you know, they've got all these people with Hitler profiles and stuff who are probably actually Jew. <laughs> they're probably fucking Israeli Zionists. But they, 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 everything you put up, whether it's got anything to do with Jews or Hitler or anything, that they just come out and put like 700 comments of like, the fucking Jews, the Jews, Jews. And they're trying to make BitChute look like it's an extremist platform for like anti-Semites and stuff. But your video's got nothing to do. You're like, I didn't even mention like fucking... And, and they're doing it to everyone. And I see the same guys. This guy will do it to me. And then I'll go watch 20 other new posts. And it's the same guy with the same comment at all. I'm like, so all you do is sit there on every new video that comes out and make this Jew comment. So I can see what they're doing. They're, they're probably fucking Israelis themselves. They're trying to make it look like it's an anti-Semitic platform so they can get it shut down. And I just, you know, I just d delete them and they're like, you are censoring me. I'm like, exactly. Yeah, I, well, I do that. I do that. Someone said, well, you can't do that. And I said, I can do what the fuck I want because it's my content. <laughs> it's my fucking video. Fuck you. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to it, all I'm doing is gardening. If I didn't get the weeds out of the garden from time to time, they'd take the garden. So I'm out here pulling the stuff out that's wrong. Yeah. I reserve all <laughs> that's rights. right. I have the right to fuck you off. <laughs> you know? Fuck off. Have a nice day or don't. I don't care.
Exactly. Well, like I said to one guy, I said, if it really troubles you, why the fuck are you watching it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spend your time doing stuff you like. Totally. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going on. That's one. I'm not worried about it, but one of my, it's not one of my fears. I, I, one of the things I see coming is that it's going to be hard for guys like us mm-hmm. to have a platform in the future. I do think they're going to, they're afraid of bit shoot. An odyssey uh, because they got really big pretty quick you know uh, so i'm kind of wondering where that goes i saw a telegram uh the guy who started it is one of these klaus schwab yeah. fortune 500 you know so you're like oh well there we go so that's probably a spot you know that sounds clever like we'll all go to telegram and you say that's where they know exactly who their enemy is they're just tracking everyone on telegram going these people my view on all this is 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 when we've no longer if we get to the point where we can't get a platform and a voice then we've done what we need to do yeah yeah and i wouldn't mind if it actually went back to if they shut it down like you say if the platforms go then it's it's back out to the public square with photocopies, or you know, it's back, it's back to like handing out flyers. They'll do like I do. I speak to everyone I can find that wants to listen and just have a nice conversation, ask them some questions. If they're open, we talk, and you just keep putting little seeds down all the time. That's how you grow a garden. Yeah, which is I think, man. Yeah, I think that's more powerful because you say Ross and I talk. My channel partner, we talk about this a lot. It's like, all right, you live in your little community. So actually, like, even if you reach 2 million people with a video or something, they're not around you. What really is important is the people in your town square. So actually, what's more effective for you? Handing out flyers? Now, you know, okay, yeah, if we get a video that gets mirrored 30 times and 2 million people watch it, that's a lot. If you think if I had to lecture conference halls, how long would it take to talk to 2 million people? That's a lot of people. But how, what does that have to do with me? How many of them live in my neighborhood and are going to stand up for me when the shit comes here, you know? And I think it's an interesting point. Like, I, what's better activism, locally? I, I think so. Or internet globally, you know? We're going to survive whatever we're going to survive by working in local groups, growing local food, trading locally, and all the rest of it. It's the, the exact opposite of all this globalism nonsense. Yeah. I'm doing all I feel like doing to, to nurture the relationships with the people that I like anyway. But we have skill sets that we can bring together and use to create things, to fix things, to repair things, to build things. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I like that's the way you're going to get through. I do though, like that we can actually go reach a million or two. Million. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking movie. That's incredible. Two guys sitting in their bedroom. Yeah. You know, that's what we always laugh at. People like, your space busters are like, we're literally two guys sitting in our bedroom <laughs> making shit on iMovies. You know, it's like, ooh, what space busters? We're just filmmakers, ghetto ones at that. But they reach a lot of people, you know, and you say, wow, like, who could you, t- how, how long would it take you to go talk to 2 million people on just one topic? Well, and also you can, with the way you're creating the content, you are choosing how you deliver it and you can manipulate it to get the message the way you want the message to be. It's very hard to do that in a live format. Yeah, really hard. I think, yeah, a lot of people do these walk and talks. You know, they, it's like the day's news and, and they're great, but when you, you when they're, only, they're only good for a 
three days a week or, you know, then the news changes. And then even sometimes I'm trying to go find that information. I don't even know where to look, you know, my friend, Max Egan or Berwick, I go back and like, where, when, which one did you say that? So I'm trying to make timeless stuff that say, this is a film. Hopefully this film is relevant in three years or five years. I don't care about today's events. I don't give a shit if Justin Trudeau and the truckers did this and that, because in two weeks, nobody will even remember that something else will be going on. So I'm, I'm trying to make timeless films and put them in a way that people get captivated a little and want to sit down and spend two hours on a film, which nobody has that attention span anymore. So, well, they've been trying not it's to. It's pretty hard to do. Which, which, is, which is why the, like the content we have here, which is nearly two hours long, there'll be one big one, but I'll break it down into a whole bunch of little three, four, five minute sound bites so that people can go and grab that little bit instead of going, oh shit, I've got two hours. Yeah. And I like that. I, I tell people, we don't get mad. Like if anyone listening to this, if you're, if this makes the edit, <laughs> we don't care if you take five or 10 or two minute snippets out of our movies, like just do what you want. We don't care. We just ask like, you know, if you take the whole movie, tell everyone that it's from us. That's, that's all we want is to like, if you take five minutes or two minutes, we don't care. But take what you want. Yeah, make. And I always encourage people like they're like, we want to see you make a movie about this. And I'm like, I want to see you make a movie about that. So I don't have to fucking make a movie about that. I've already made I made like 50 movies, man. Where's yours, man? You know, like I need a break. And I, I want to see more people doing it. We have a we have machines in our pockets and our desks that can make movies. Yes. And good ones, too. Pretty good, yeah. You know, I mean, really, like we can make pretty decent movies these days. So I don't, I don't want to be space busters. I'd rather not have to do this and see more, so many people doing it that I'm irrelevant. That would be fucking awesome for me. It'll, it'll get to that point. Uh, you think so? Ah, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I, I, I know where it's going to end up. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think like. I, you know, in 2010 to 14, I didn't, I thought we were fucked when we got to this point. Oh yeah. But now, man, I don't know, man. I'm starting to look around going, I don't know. I think we might win this thing. I'm, I actually think we're going to win this thing. We will. It's, it's the, it's the time, the time of that experience, I think is drawing to a close and it's the time for the new experience and there's no stopping it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what's going on. It's exponential, you know, you're like, holy shit, man, this Canada thing. Justin Trudeau can tell them we're going to freeze your bank accounts and do this. They're not leaving. They're not going to go. They're going to be like, fuck you. We're going to lynch you out from the <laughs> They're going to do it, you know. Yeah, come out, you little scrot, and we'll deal with you. <laughs> yeah, like, I think these guys aren't going to back down. I think they're going to drag him out of there or chase him to Argentina or whatever, like, they're not, they don't care. They're like, go ahead, fucking freeze my bank account. We're going to get you out of here, mate. Yeah, you're gone. See ya. It's pretty exciting. I, I think it's exciting, man. I'm, I'm really excited. It is, it is. It's huge and it's hugely important because it'll make people understand and remember that all the power sits with you. It doesn't sit with these so-called, they're not elected officials. You had no hand in that. Yeah. Right? So just fire them, get rid of them and... Put one of your own in there that actually cares and preferably someone who doesn't want to do the fucking job. I think for me, one of the weird things is like, it, I don't know because history is all nonsense, but 
it seemed like you knew you were in World War One or World War Two or the Civil. Like you're pretty sure the war was. To me, it's like we're in a war, but ninety percent of the people don't know there's one going on. Do you, do you ever think that? Yep, because it's much more subtle this time. There's no big bangs and explosions yet. <laughs> yeah, you know. For me, that's the weird thing is I'm like, you don't even realize that you're in the middle of the biggest fucking world war that fuck World War II, man. This is way bigger what's going on. And half the people don't know they're in a war, you know, and you're like, Jesus, can't you see it? Like you're in a war. But yeah, like you say, there's no bangs and no, you know, we don't fight them like that anymore. No, but they did. This one's more sinister, you know, it's more, this is more scary. Oh, I, but it'll be fine, I'm sure. Well, I saw a Jewish guys, uh, rabbis, even like, you know, in the World War II, they had to throw you on a train and take you down to Dachau to gas you if that even happened. You know, I don't know where you stand on that shit. But no, I'm with you. It's, that, that whole story is just another fucking fabrication. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, the, the numbers don't add up there. But like you said, it's like now you're lining up to take the injection yourself. They don't even have to throw you on a train. I know. They're making you an offer. They've just announced on the news today that in Wales, they're now, they're pleased to be offering five to 12 year olds. Yeah. Well, if you want to go and kill your kids, you take them down there. Yeah, exactly. They're doing it. Yeah, and that's what he said. He's like, yeah, they had to drag yeah. you on a train last time if that happened. Now you're just going down yourself on your lunch break. <laughs> yeah, because the television told you to. Oh, yeah. If it told me to, I have to do it. And it was also this, it's, it's, I'm conscious I really need to go in a second, but it's also this business of people they don't want. It takes something interesting to resist someone in so-called authority, but you author your own life, so you're the authority in your own life. Yeah. But they don't want to stand up against this and go, well, whereas me, I, the only authority I follow is my own. Yeah. You know, so anyone else that tries to come along and say, by the power vested in me, spin, not interested. <laughs> exactly. That's really, I've been trying to wake people up to free man and straw man for like decades. And that's also hard because I'm in Scandinavia, like 80, or I think no, 65% of the employed people in the country are the government. The government employs 65% of the Jesus. working population. Our taxes are, are, you know, 60% plus 25 sales. It's about 90 when you work it out. But these people have the mentality that, but you don't fall through the cracks, which is true. You're only homeless if you want to. So they've already been conditioned that, yeah, but no one's on the street unless they, they, they think it's fine. And they say, we have free health care. You're like, dude, <laughs> it's not free. You're going to pay like 3 million kroner for it in taxes by the time you're dead. You know, you're like, you could have had cancer, bought a Ferrari, went to fucking Harvard and had a mansion in Beverly Hills for the amount of tax you're going to pay. To get free health care. <laughs> for a free education, free health care, free, you know. Like, yeah, you got free school, but you could have went to Harvard for the tuition you're going to pay in taxes for that. Yeah, we, we have the free health care here that I've never used in 30 years. Yeah, you'll live longer. It's not free. No, it's not. It comes at a terrible price. Paying someone back is, alone is not free. Brother, I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to bounce. It's been a real pleasure to connect with you. I've really enjoyed it. Adrian, right on, man. It's really good, man. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you can edit and use something out of it. Yeah, let's do it again, man. I appreciate it. Likewise, my mate. Take care of yourself. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care, man. Cheers, brother. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.